Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mama, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, moviegoers. You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. And here we are, back again, back at it with the new vans. <laughs> Damn Daniel. With the new kicks. Yeah, I actually don't have new vans. I need new vans. Checkered ones, slip-on, checkered slip-on vans. Oh, the classics, the the Ska Kid classic. Exactly. Let everybody know you didn't get laid in high school. <laughs> How have you been though, dude? I've been good. What do you got going on over here? We're on a FaceTime call. We're mm-hmm. video. We're video calling. Yeah. And uh, I gotta say, bro, your shirt is unnerving. I think you're Why? becoming too Florida too fast. I bought this shirt like two years ago in Middletown. Really? Really? In anticipation of this moment, you're like, this is the perfect place to break out this Tommy Bahama I got. <laughs> I uh, I usually wear this shirt intentionally to be kind of douchey whenever we go on the boat with my parents i'm like i'm gonna put on my pink like pink and black hawaiian shirt it's got like palm trees and boats on it but uh i packed my bags already because i'm coming back to new york tomorrow so i already packed my luggage so this morning i was like what do i want to wear and there wasn't many shirts in there at least i could have worn a t-shirt but i i went to the gym today and then i came back and then put something a little bit nicer on so you're smoking Tommy Bahama Mama. <laughs> Tommy Bahama. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, I'm wearing it. I'm wearing a t-shirt. I'm actually wearing one of our t-shirts, if you can see. Nice. Hell yeah. The OG, the OG logo one. I should pack the one that I've got. Yeah, that way your family knows you have a podcast. <laughs> well, you never know. You never know when you're going to have to rep to people. And now that we gave out our personal social media, everybody is going to know who we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they kind of already know who we are. Honestly, you will learn more about me as a person from this podcast than you ever would from my personal social media because I very rarely post on there. Yeah, same. <laughs> I think I think on my Instagram, I've got I've like posted like 20 pictures, 30 pictures, like barely like anything. And most of them yeah. are hockey related, like me at a devil's game or my dog, or like something like that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. There's not much on there. I think there's a couple things from 3D printing, but yeah. Yeah, mine might be a little bit more exciting than Colin's. Yeah, well, that's because you're you're just, you're a rogue maverick. I'm a renaissance man. <laughs> I do, uh, I excel in multiple fields of creative arts and higher thinking and consciousness. And I think that maybe just maybe I might be better than most people. 
Dude, I understood Tenet. I'm clearly smarter than you. <laughs> yeah, guys. I've seen The Lighthouse quite a few times, and I enjoyed it. So clearly, I'm basically a genius, mm -hmm. and you're just not on the same level as me. So if I ever do anything that you don't understand, or you're just like, oh, that doesn't make any sense, it's not me, it's you. And I, yeah. I entirely agree. <laughs> Well, now that we've in it, uh, alienated our audience, <laughs> go to two dudes movie reviews.com. Jeez. Uh, you know what? You know what? I started playing. I found this game. For some reason, I thought that you showed me this game, but then I remembered the game that you were actually playing. But I think it's very similar. I'm playing a roller coaster tycoon esque game, but instead of managing a theme park, you manage a movie theater mm -hmm. chain. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> So, I mean, it sounds kind of boring, but it does sound cool for me. It was Ryan was like, oh, that game's perfect for you. But then Brianna keeps asking me every time I'm playing it. She's like, how's business going? And then I'm like, business is a booming. And then she's like, business is always a booming, according to you. So it sounds boring. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're too good at it, it's no fun. Yeah, exactly. Is it a mobile game? Yeah, it's a mobile game. Oh, uh, you got to put me on to it. It's called Box Office Tycoon. Oh, I was going to say, it's, is it a tycoon? Is it of the tycoon series? Yeah, I think so. Because weren't you playing like a weed tycoon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> Except I haven't, I haven't played that in a long time. <laughs> I like the tycoon games. Yeah. Roller Coaster Tycoon was big back in the PC days for me. Yeah. Well, I'm happy we're doing this. I'm surprised we're doing this. We're here, back at it with another Netflix movie, which we had a good run there for a couple of weeks where we weren't doing streaming movies. We, do, we did a couple of movies that were available on streaming, but they were movies that had intended theatrical releases. Mulan, uh, Bill and Ted, and then Tenet, which actually was the theatrical non-streaming. Mm -hmm. But we're back, and I'm totally okay with it because... We're going to talk about a movie that I didn't hear a lot about. I saw a couple articles and I saw some like some shots from the film, like some pictures uh, of Tom Holland looking like a badass. And I was like, I'm interested in that. I like Tom Holland. Knew mm -hmm. nothing about the story and stuff. We'll we'll get into all of that. But like this was a this was a pleasant surprise that this was coming out when it was and it also worked out great for us because we already ran out of new movies again <laughs> yeah well this it worked out perfect um because we we had our schedule and wonder woman got pushed back wonder woman would have been coming out i think either this week or the next week um because it was being released the first week in october so it was going to be like a movie where right. we had to record and have a quick turnaround on it but that got pushed back so this is getting slotted there. And then the two movies that were going to come out after Wonder Woman are still coming out as of right now. So it worked It worked out well. Okay. I'm not happy about Wonder Woman getting pushed back because I'm very afraid that it's going to push Doom back and I'm going to be pissed. But it worked out. <laughs> yeah. When I saw that they confirmed that they were pushing back Wonder Woman, it genuinely upset me because I'm just, I'm worried for Dune. Don't fuck yeah. with my Dune. What are you doing, Dune? <laughs> Bro. What are we going to do about this? <laughs> what are they doing about opening up these theaters, man? Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, they're open here. Well, yeah, they're open there. And they're open in Jersey. New York and California ain't about it. Although I did see it, uh, an upsetting article about how 
theaters are actually losing more money now by being open because of how low the turnout is for movies. Cause there's no new movies. So who's going to see anything. And then yeah. you also have the limited capacity and then you have people who are still nervous about going mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, these theaters have operation costs and they have employees they have to pay for their hours and stuff like that. And they're not making enough ticket sales to outweigh the cost of being open. So like some theaters are actually considering closing again just because of the finance, which is a bummer. Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> that would suck. A couple movie related news things that I that I wanted to get to real quick. One actually kind of relates to this movie because we're talking about the producer of this movie. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is the producer of The Devil All the Time. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, He's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought that was awesome, too. But uh, some, some movie-related news, and, you know, we're talking Dune. Uh, Denis Villeneuve has already said that he's in the works, like he's working on his next project after Dune, which is you know, probably a couple years down the road because Dune hasn't even come out. It's two movies, but... He's already working right. on his next project, and Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be in it, which is awesome because Jake Gyllenhaal has been in two of his movies, two of my favorite of his movies, um, Enemy and Prisoners. And uh, yeah, they're, they're working on the script together. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Has Jake Gyllenhaal written on any of the other movies that he's been in or, or anything that I, I don't might have seen? Because like, obviously, we like Jake Gyllenhaal, but I don't know how his writing is. I honestly don't know. I don't even know if he wrote on, on the other Denis Villeneuve movies. And I'm not sure if he's going to be credited really as a writer on this. Cause I think he's, he's going to be the lead, but I think they're collabing kind of on like the story and stuff, right? The story you know, right now. Yeah. So got you, but it, I mean, it'd be really cool. Jake Dillon has actually been like a producer on, on a few really good movies, but yeah, no, I saw that and I was, I was really into it. And the other thing, me and you had talked about it a little bit. Apparently they're, they're throwing the money at walking Phoenix to do a Joker two and three. Apparently they've offered him fifty million dollars. Yeah, not down with that. Yeah, me, me neither. <laughs> Love the first one. Like, I don't know how you put sequels on it. Yeah, yeah. I love love the first one. It was my favorite movie last year. I think it was your third favorite movie last year. And uh, spoiler for Joker, but now that he is the Joker, you can't really make up a story because, like, what they did with Joker, they kind of did an origin story, which you don't know it, so they had a lot of liberty. But now that he actually is the Joker, you can't really do that. So I feel like you have to go more off the comics. And I feel like the ambiguity of the first one is kind of what makes it and the ability for it to to live in your mind. And I don't want to make a second or third one. I think it's going to almost ruin the first one in some ways. Yeah, yeah. I think it would, like you said, the ambiguity is like super important in the first one. And then just to follow it up is going to inevitably answer some questions about the ending because like you don't know what's real and what's not in the ending. So then to have a follow-up, it's going to answer some of those questions, which is going to cheapen the feeling of the first one. And I don't know. Joaquin Phoenix isn't a guy who does sequels. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm not, I'm not into it at all. But I also, I also think he has so much integrity that the money isn't what's going to sway him. I think if he does do another one, it's not going to be money that gets him. It's going to be a solid script and a good story that he wants to do. Because he's basically said, he's like, mm-hmm. I have no interest in revisiting the character unless we have an interesting new take on something we can do with him. Like, if there's if there's a good story or we feel like there's more story to tell, then yeah. But 
if if there's not, then he has no no reason to go back and revisit it. Yeah. Also, I've we've I've seen like I don't know if it's really his fault or not, but I we've seen Todd Phillips do a really good first movie and then decide to milk the cow for two others, and then the sequels are trash. Like Hangover One is great, Hangover Two is like okay, Hangover Three is terrible. Like I don't don't. Don't just don't do it. Learn from your mistakes, dude. Yeah. Also, whoever needed a comedy trilogy, it, they, they didn't even like <laughs> they. The third one is almost just like an action movie. <laughs> like it's not funny at all. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, that's rough, man. Man, I don't. I remember seeing the third one in theaters, and I, I don't think I can tell you anything about that movie. Is John Goodman in it? In the third one, uh, he's in one of yeah. them. I I forget which one he's in. Maybe it is the third one. I think he's in the third one. Yeah. I also just I've looked up uh Jake Gyllenhaal. He doesn't have any writing credits, but uh movies he's a producer on. He was a producer on Wildlife, which I talked about forever. Um on our first mm-hmm. duties episode. Uh Nightcrawler and Stronger and a few other ones, but like those are all three really good movies. So Okay. That's very cool. Yeah. That's good. It's good that he he has a hand in his own, you know, the movies that he's acting in, like he's also you know, putting putting forth his ideas and like being heard, and that's not something you see all the time in Hollywood, and especially something you don't see in the trailer park. Ooh, trailer park stick Damn. for their win. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, there's there was a few episodes where where I wasn't surprised at all. I knew it was happening, but that one, I was shook. <laughs> you, you shook me to my core. Got ya. <laughs> Got you slipping, ho. <laughs> I can see you. <laughs> oh, man. Do you remember what we're talking? Because that's been a theme really I don't. too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't at all. That's the theme of this episode. I don't remember <laughs> what we're talking about. All right. Well, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Um, Because the movie that we're talking is another Netflix exclusive movie that we're getting very soon. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the spooky times are upon us. Oh, I remember now. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can keep going. You keep right. going because I don't remember the name of it. I just know what we're talking about now. Okay, it's Fart Stained <laughs> Halloween, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually a better name than the actual movie title. Uh, we're doing the Adam Sandler uh, comedy, Hubby Halloween, Netflix original. Ooh. Is it Hubby or Hubie? Oh, maybe it's Hubie. I think it's Hubie Halloween. Because there's only one B, right? Yeah. Here's the thing. You sent me this trailer, and I watched it without audio. Like, I was out in public, but I just kind of, like, skimmed through it. And Mm -hmm. just on the name, Hubie Halloween, I was like, this is a waste of time. (laughs) And (laughs) and, But also, he said that he was going to do, like, the worst movie of all time if he wasn't nominated for Uncut Gems. So I was just like, all right, here's here's the reckoning. <laughs> so yeah. I haven't actually That's watched it. That'd be a good double feature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, watching almost like Rogue One right before you watch episode four. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm sure they have a lot of relation, Uncut Gems and Hubie Halloween. <laughs> That's, Hubie Halloween is the aftermath of Uncut Gems. That's how it works. Um, But oh, yeah, so great. I, I haven't watched this with the audio, so... Any any jokes? Any any good times to be had? 
will be the first time I've seen us um experiencing it when we do this. You have seen it though? Um, no, I saw that there was a trailer for it and I sent you the trailer and then I didn't even watch the trailer <laughs> for myself. <laughs> I was like, you can suffer through it and yeah. tell, give me the cliff notes. And now we're doing it for the trailer park. So I guess I'll have to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the boys brought the fire today because we're like, Hey man, Netflix movies, that's a tie. <laughs> yep. That's the tie. We're talking about a really gritty, dark movie in the devil all the time. And then we're going to talk about fucking bullshit <laughs> yeah Comedy. happy madison trash yeah oh geez i'm worried i'm actually a little worried um you want to get into this thing yeah we have to <laughs> we're contractually obligated it's our job essentially <laughs> so i guess we should well hello my ghouls and goblins I know you've got your costumes picked out for the frightful festivities. <laughs> and I hope you all get more treats than tricks. I don't want you to punish. Oh, no. Is he a good guy? Hubie Dubois is the nicest guy in this town. Here is some happy Halloween word searches. You can pass it out to the kids. Thank you so much. As a trained volunteer, I know what it's like when your spooky fun gets out of hand. <laughs> oh, Richard, no, no, no. The supermarket's selling expired bacon. Janet at the library has not been herself lately. I heard a voice in the sewer. I'm sorry, I didn't recognize him. Oh. It's pretty impressive how long he's been a loser. Oh, messing with Shuby Dubois. Murder! Ah! Salem tradition. <laughs> you gotta expect a scare here or there. There's something off in this town. Ah! Mr. Lambert? Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Mr. Lambert? Is that you? Oh, no. Salem PD? Yes, yeah, officer. This is Hubie Dubois. How many songs have they used already in this trailer? Shalem needs me. What are you gonna do, Mr. Dubois? We're gonna do every October 31st. Make sure every citizen is protected. No one in Shalem is safe tonight. So would you lose your thermos? Oh, that'll never happen. Anyway. We are an unsolved mystery here. Oh. I know who did this. Not now, UB. Mayor, I suggest we cancel Halloween immediately. We ain't canceling a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is some Dateline NBC shit. You're the best person I know. That's why you're a hero. Fuck off. Not cool. They really got like the whole cast from Grown Ups. Grown Ups 2 at least. Well, that looks awful. So exactly like what you said about 
what Adam Sandler had uh, had thrown down. If Uncut Gems wasn't nominated, he's going to make the worst one. So so he's just doing the Adam Sandler voice for this whole movie. Like he, It's another character. Or it's like he only has that goof voice. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. That's going to be unbearable. Yeah. So it's definitely going to be an episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> the director on this movie is uh, Stephen Brill. He... <laughs> He's done a couple movies that aren't bad, like Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds. I think he was the director on Without a Paddle. And then a movie that I saw when I was really young. Have you ever seen Heavyweights? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's the director Heavyweights on Heavyweights. Great. Yeah. And I think <laughs> I think he did one of these Netflix uh, movies also. I didn't watch it because I've been skipping most of them, but <laughs> I think it's trash. But he did that Sandy Wexler one. That came out a few years ago. Yeah, I, I didn't watch that. Yeah, I, I skipped that. But, you know, I like I, I like Little Nicky. I like Mr. Deeds. Uh, Without a Paddle's all right. The heavyweights I like. So he's done some stuff that that is decent. But that trailer's very um unfunny. <laughs> yeah, I laughed at one point. I, like, snickered. But it, was, it wasn't because they did anything funny. It was just because of me realizing that he was just going to do that voice the whole time. And I was just like, jeez. <laughs> this is my big issue with a lot of these Happy Madison movies now. It feels like it should be for kids because of how like juvenile the humor is. Mm-hmm. But what kid wants to see a, f- a bunch of 50-year-olds <laughs> being unfunny and just like bonking their head? Like, I, I don't know. Like, am I crazy? <laughs> The dude's got a firmest grappling hook. <laughs> like, like how? Yeah. Where did you know what'd be funny? <laughs> Not funny at all. Oh my god! I know. Uh, oh man, and and it, and it hurts my soul because he drags so many good people into the mud with him, and I'm sure it's fun and. You know, everybody gets paid. Like, the Happy Madison scheme is genius because it's just a bunch of friends hanging out with each other. I'm sure it's a lot of fun to make the movie, and you're getting paid handsomely, and you don't have to worry about if it's good or bad later because if it's bad, it'll be forgotten about, and it's just like, well, yeah, it's bad. It's another Adam Sandler movie, and no one's career is really hurt by it. Like, Steve Buscemi's in there, and uh, Maya Rudolph is great. Tim Meadows is great. Like, Keenan Thompson I like a lot. Yeah. There's so many people who get involved in these movies. Yeah. And then it's like, talk about cashing a fucking check. It's that Netflix money. I thought his Netflix deal was over. I think if it wasn't over, then this is his last movie of six. He signed on to do like six movies for Netflix. I think this would be the last one. We can only hope. And Netflix signed him on for 12 more. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's crazy too? Like, again, we're, we're making a lot of assumption based on the trailer. Maybe this actually comes out and it's like, a little bit better than we think it's going to be. I don't know. But, uh, doubtful. I, I was, yeah, d- very doubtful. But, uh, Tim, going to b- butcher his last name, uh, Hurley, I think is how you pronounce his last name. But, uh, he is the writer on this movie. And it's so strange. I mean, I guess it goes like with Adam Sandler's career also. But the early Adam Sandler stuff is so good. And then the stuff lately has been so trash. And, uh, Tim Hurley was the uh, writer on Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, The Wedding Singer, The Water Boy, B- and Big oh, wow. Daddy, and Little Nicky, and Mr. Deeds. 
So like he's the writer on wow. all those, which are probably his best movies. But then he's also the writer on Grown Ups Two, Pixels, and Bedtime Stories, and The Ridiculous Six. And those are those worst ones. <laughs> yeah. So what what happened? <laughs> as soon as like mid two thousand, like two thousand five came around, you just stopped making anything that was confident. Dude, it all became about the paycheck. It's just let's cash this fucking check. Like let's get this money and keep it pushing. Like don't worry about story a comedy let's bonk our noggins and move on a couple poop jokes i'm gonna wear basketball shorts in every scene but you know what like we did a trailer like this very recently uh when we did eurovision and i think we were just like that doesn't look funny at all that's fucking stupid and then we watched the movie and we're like this movie's like not great but better than we thought it'd be <laughs> so maybe i still think about yaya ding dong all the time Play Ding dong! The <laughs> <laughs> best part of the movie. Listen, I'm going to be open to the experience, especially if we have to watch it. I feel like a train wreck, like a Happy Madison movie, like even if we're not going to do an episode on it, we'll have to watch. Like we both watched The Wrong Missy from this year. That's another crazy thing. That studio's putting out two different movies this year. Yeah. The, the Wrong Missy. I mean, I don't know who, if everyone checked it out or if nobody checked it out or whatever, but yeah, I. We talked about it already. That was that set the bar. Like if that is worse than this, that's impressive because that was awful. Awful doesn't do it justice. <laughs> Surprisingly, that's not the worst movie I watched this year. But I, I don't think that's my least favorite movie of the year either. What's yours? I'm curious. Or do you want to save it? Let's save it, man. Because what if it never changes? I don't want to spoil the duties. Mm, okay. All right. <laughs> I do have a nice, nice list going now because actually. The movie we're reviewing today, which, by the way, let's get the fuck out of this trailer park. I'm over this. Yeah. Perfect. Good segue. <laughs> the movie that we're doing today, The Devil All the Time, I watched this the same day as I watched Mulan. It's my first double feature of the, the Double Deuce, I believe. Mm. It's not mine, but it for me, it was the most enjoyable. Like, I wasn't huge on Mulan, but uh, the last double feature I did was Spencer Confidential, Like a Boss, and Fantasy Island. It was a triple Oof. feature, and <laughs> there was a brutal one. Yeah, so it, the movies that we've been getting lately, we've said this. I'm enjoying them because I think they have a little bit more craft to them because they were supposed to go to theaters. I actually don't know about this one, but this is a big surprise for me. Antonio Campos is the director. He was a producer on a movie that I mentioned last year. Actually, there was we were talking about like movies we we had watched at one time, and I mentioned a movie called Piercing, which is I was kind of like. It's like a really like gritty, like BDSM, like mystery with tons of violence and stuff. And then you're like, oh man, I love that. But he was the producer on that movie. <laughs> okay. But his movies are normally, he's drawn to like very dark subject matter. Cause he did Christine uh, in 2016, which is essentially about like a reporter with like depression. And he was a, a writer on after school, which is basically like a kid after school accidentally i don't know if he films because i didn't see it either films or he finds like a video of someone like on a webcam basically having a drug overdose but mm -hmm. uh he's the writer and director on this film along with i'm pretty sure his brother paulo campos and this is his first uh film writing on and then i didn't know this until after the movie was over but donald ray Pollock is the author of the book that this is based on and then like i said jake jill is the producer on it really what what uh drew me to this because we were talking about it and I was like, yo, you want to do this movie? Because 
this cast is awesome. I love this cast. It's like, yeah, before you run down the cast, I'll just say too, the only thing I knew about this movie going into it, I didn't even know the name. I just, I, cause I remember, I think we talked about it on an episode where I was like, there's this movie coming out soon that has Tom Holland in it. And he looks like a badass. Like it looks like he's in a more gritty, dark role. And um, I couldn't couldn't figure out the name of it. I didn't know how to like look it up, so I just kind of waited. And just it turns out it was this. This is the movie I was talking about. So that's mm-hmm. pretty much all I knew about it. So this cast was full of surprises for me. I knew the cast going into it. That's why I was really stoked. But like for anybody who doesn't know, fuck the Expendables. This is like the ultimate <laughs> mashup movie because you've got Marvel and DC. <laughs> And Stephen King and Mad Max and Terminator and Harry Potter, all of them mixed into one movie. <laughs> but yeah. Tom Holland, he plays Arvin. We've talked multiple times about how much he's blowing up. Bill Skarsgård plays uh, Willard. Everyone should know that I'm a huge fan of him. I think you are also. Robert yeah. Pattinson, he shows up in this movie. I think this month has been just like, let's blow our load to Robert Pattinson <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> We talking about it Dude, all the time. So I didn't know. Again, I didn't know anybody who was in this movie. Didn't watch the trailer, nothing. And he shows up like halfway through, and in all caps, I wrote in my notes, "Bobby Pats." <laughs> oh! I was so pumped. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, we've been talking about him." <laughs> Sebastian Stan. He's in this movie. He plays Lee Boddicker. Jason Clark. He plays Carl. Haley Bennett. She plays Charlotte. And. uh Raleigh Keo, she plays Sandy Henderson. And then there's a bunch of other people in this movie too that have smaller ro- roles that you'll, you know, they'll just show up and you're like, oh shit, like that guy's in this. So I said this to you last night. I think this is overall, this is my favorite cast out of any movie from this year, from top to bottom. Yeah, I'll have to agree. I think this is like the most ensemble cast that we've had. Like we've had some other ones where it's like, um, like Birds of Prey, I guess you can say, is sort of an ensemble cast. I mean, I, I guess technically it is, but, you know, we already we already did our review on that episode and how we felt about the different roles played and the different actors in those roles. But this one, I feel like these are all people that we either are huge fans of or people we've been keeping our eye on because we liked at least a good portion of their movies. Like, Jason Clark has been in some dog shit, but he's also in some really good stuff and and he's pretty good like he I think he's a good actor I just think he will take most roles that come across his desk so he ends up in some bad movies even though he's pretty decent yeah cuz he was he was in pet cemetery last year which sucked but like he's also in zero dark 30 and mudbound so right we know he can be great he was also in serenity oh yeah from 2018 mm-hmm. or was that 19 Mm, that was that was 19 yeah that was, well that movie fucking sucked <laughs> yeah man but uh i love the cast on this movie and you know let, let's just let's just get into it i'm gonna start here this movie's dark it's gritty yeah but i liked it a lot man like this movie for me this movie gave me i think the same vibes that dragged across concrete gave me last year like a a movie that kind of went under people's radar and then you watch it and it's really dark and really gritty, but it's like this movie has stayed with me since I've watched it. Like I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Me too. It reminded me a, a lot of that movie. It almost reminds me of like if that movie and like um, 
the place beyond the pines had like had like a child. It would almost be something like this. That's actually fucking perfect. Cause Place Beyond the Pines like does that thing where granted it's definitely structured differently. Uh Place Beyond the Pines is very unique in that it's like each act follows a different you have a different main character essentially. Mm-hmm. But the way like this story goes, it's like you are kind of following a few different threads, like a few different people's lives, but then they all end up crossing over at some point or another. I think that hits it on the head perfectly. And that movie's really dark and gritty too, um, Place Beyond the Pines. And mm-hmm. and I think the dragged across concrete comparison is perfect too, because both of those, both that and this movie are dark, yes, and gritty, yes, in tone and feeling. And uh, I will say, when they want to be violent, it is violent. But this movie isn't necessarily, like, grotesquely gory or anything like that. Like, I feel like there's not a ton of scenes where there is violence. And, like, it's really not until the climax where things start happening, like, more repeatedly. But I think when they want to pull the trigger on it, they, they hit it really hard. But it's not like it's just a blood fest the whole movie or anything like that. And it's not like nonstop, just intense action like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I kind of felt the same way about Dragged Across Concrete. Like, you know, a lot of that movie is them kind of sitting in a car, like doing the police investigation work. But then there are scenes where it gets really, you know, for a brief moment, you're like uh, cringing because it's so graphic. (laughs) Yeah. But there's something that's very real about the way that they showcase violence in both of those movies, both Dragged Across Concrete and The Devil All the Time. Mm -hmm. Just going off of that, and we'll get into specifics why, but I don't think this is a movie for everyone. I think some people will be very turned off by how dark the subject matter is. And that's that's fine. Yeah. Like that's not a negative for me on the movie. It's that's more just of a warning for anybody. If you're listening and you're not that type of you don't like those type of movies, then maybe this isn't the movie for you. I I really like the grittiness and like the raw kind of like violence to it. Cause it's almost in some ways, because it's not over the top gory, it's almost like unapologetically honest, kind of. And um, yeah, there's there's a few things like that. It, this movie's commenting on one of them being kind of like like almost like PTSD and kind of the world after World War Two, like those people who came back from World War Two, like when they got back, were they OK? And then the answer is probably no, like they were fucked up from it. And I like that the movie holds no punches. Like That's something that I really liked about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hold no punches is a fucking understatement. This movie, so I'm I'm watching it at home because, you know, Netflix and uh, most of these movies we've been doing in this year have been watching from home. And I always talk about how I don't like the home viewing experience because I get too easily distracted. And I was excited to watch this movie. I wanted to watch this movie, but being how it is, uh, I tend to, I'll start a movie and I'll still be on my phone. Like I'll be like, just, you know, checking Instagram or whatever, like shooting text messages back. And uh, they set the tone in this movie pretty early on. Like, the opening scene isn't anything too intense. Like, it's just kind of establishing your characters. But then they they throw to a flashback fairly, uh, fairly early in the movie. Mm-hmm. And there is some imagery that is real fucking, real fucking, um, what's the word <laughs> I'm looking for? 
Yeah, gnarly is a good one. That's not what I was going to say, but it's perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, some real graphic imagery, as our friend John would say. It was really graphic. Yeah. And I'm sitting there with my phone, and it's still in my hands, but now I'm not looking at it. I'm just staring at the screen, and I, I wrote – the first note I wrote on this movie was – Oh, they're not fucking around. <laughs> and I just put my phone away for the, I didn't look at it for the rest of the movie. From that moment, I was in it. And I think it was brilliant that they did that because they, they set up and established real early on. Like this movie, this movie is going to be raw. Mm-hmm. And you know, it goes off of what you're saying. Something that I mentioned on the Mulan episode, I, I feel like I mentioned it on a lot of episodes, but it definitely bothers me when there are movies that are trying to take on a more mature subject matter, but they feel like they have no stakes to them. Like nobody is in trouble or everything's going to be okay. And they set the tone really early. Like you were saying, there's going to be consequences for, for what people see, what, what happens to them, what happens to the people around them. And again, like if you don't like that type of stuff, you're going to know really early on if this isn't for you, because like you said, they show you something within the first like three minutes of the movie. Yeah. You saying that this movie isn't going to be for everybody, I think is an understatement. I think not only because of the graphic nature of the film, I think some people are turned off by more like hardcore violence. And again, like it's not that it's excessively violent. It's just that when they do show anything of violence, it's so real. Like it's, it's, it's kind of unnerving because of how, how honest the portrayal is. And it kind of, it, I mean, it's really turning a mirror on like humanity and society and like people who, who lack that humanity and can do such violent and vicious things to people. So I think Maybe that will be a turnoff for people, but I also think the major thing that would turn people off is actually not not what you're seeing, but what the general theme of the movie is because they don't outwardly just say it, but as you notice, given the players and their relations to um, to each other and like what kind of uh, jobs that they have, just to say it lightly, because I don't know if it's necessarily a spoiler or anything. I guess we can. It's just the major theme of the movie. But it's it's definitely making some commentary on religion. Mm -hmm. It's not taking a stab at it. I took it kind of the people who let that dictate their life, you know? Yeah. I can see people who are, like, devoutly religious really rejecting a film like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It, it kind of reminded me almost, you know, that saying where it's like, if I told you to like jump off a bridge, would you do it type thing? Like it kind of comments on that in terms of religion. Like if, if your beliefs told you to do this, would you like, it's, it's kind of how absorbed people become by the idea of religion and what they will do if like their higher power tells them to, because there's multiple moments in the movie where apparently God tells them to do something and it's fucked up and they, end up doing it anyway so yeah i feel like the main theme is kind of shining a light at the fine 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 line between like devout faith and obsession mm -hmm. you know like that because you kind of see it in all of the characters where there is a line where it's crossed where at one point you do see their faith and you can you can get a sense that 
they believe they are right based on the the teachings, you know? Yeah. One thing that uh, I wanted to get into, though, and I, I think this for me is possibly the thing that I love the most about the movie. And I think w- honestly kind of sells a lot of it. But the acting in this movie is fucking awesome. Like so good um, across the board. Yeah. And there's some, you know, we said we love the the cast or whatever. And there's some some big time standouts for me. And I think we should maybe just like hit on each one a little bit. But for me, Bill Skarsgård, Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson stole the show. The three of them I thought were just electric the entire time. Hundred percent, hundred fucking percent, and I think all three of them. I think something that was so captivating about it is you had these three guys who, obviously, we already really enjoy uh, a good amount of their work. Bill Skarsgård, I haven't seen too much of. I've pretty much only seen him in the It movies and villains. Mm-hmm. But looking at his character in this, next to those characters, looking at Robert Pattinson's character in this, next to his career, I feel like. Maybe he had the least of a stretch in characters because I feel like um, there could be some comparisons drawn between his character and this and uh, maybe like good time just in the sense of like certain themes in his within his character. Even still, I feel like there's so much so much variety in his career already. And then Tom Holland, I've never seen him be in like a gritty dark movie like this. I only know him for the Spider-Man movies and Onward and, you know, stuff like that. So the fact that you have these three who already I know are are respectable actors, I'm like, I haven't seen them be bad in anything, but th- this, they all blew me away, and they were all doing something so unique and different, uh, not only from, like, characters that they've done in the past, but from each other within the same movie. Like, considering how many people are in this movie, how many characters there are, every character, even if screen time is limited for some against others, every character had so much depth and so many layers. Like I never felt that even though we were jumping between a number of people that I didn't know who somebody was or who someone's intentions were. I think this movie, and it's a testament to the actors. I think it's a testament to the director too, to be able to know how to get that out of them. Cause I feel like there is a lot of unspoken character development in this movie and it's through the strength of the actors carrying that out. Mm-hmm there's a lot of characters in it, but they don't really feel wasted. There's one that I think may have been utilized semi poorly. We'll get to it. It's a little bit of a spoiler. So there's a lot of characters and you know, their stories weave in and out of each other. And that's, that's something that a lot of uh, films have, you know, try to do. And I feel like sometimes it works really well. Sometimes it doesn't work at all. And you're kind of just like, Wait, how the fuck does this work? I think they did a really good job of navigating that. When everything starts coming together, it all makes sense. You're like, oh, that's really cool. Like, I now I get it. Because in the beginning, you might be a little bit like, where where is this going? I don't really know. And it jumps around in time a little bit in the beginning. But they do a really good job of bringing everyone together. And I really, really like the, the, the structure of the movie. But based on the performances and stuff, yeah, like, it was really cool to see a lot of people kind of stand out, you know, step outside of their comfort zone. I don't know if they necessarily were, but they were just doing things that we really hadn't seen before. Robert Pattinson's played kind of like a sleaze in a few movies. So that wasn't too different, but I loved kind of the, like the voice that he was doing 
Mm. The whole time I was just like, couldn't believe that he was doing that. I was like, man, like I really like this character that he's created. I love Bill Skarsgård. I think he's great. I, he might be my favorite part of the whole movie. Honestly, like his performance was so raw and like powerful. And he, you know, he's in the movie in the beginning. Also his arc is really tragic Yeah, and you know, it happens pretty quickly, but just that I don't, I'm trying to navigate around spoilers, but he sets the tone for the movie. He hooked, for me at least, he hooked me. Like it was the first 15 minutes of the movie, and I was like, he that's when I text you. I was like, yo, he's killing it right now. He's so good. And then yeah. we haven't seen Tom Holland like this, which is really awesome. Like Tom Holland, I think this is definitely the most different we've seen from someone. And his performance is great. He's doing something different. Also, something that I just really like is he is playing the son of Bill Skarsgård. And he kind of, and I, I knew that um, like Bill Skarsgård and Tom Holland uh, never were on, they never shot a scene together for this movie, but they worked together on his character. Like they, they tried to make it like, well, you know, like if you're my son growing up, like these are like the things that I taught you. This is how I act. So like you will adopt some of my mannerisms and stuff like that. Right. I thought Tom Holland did a great job with that as well. Yeah. Like I can tell immediately when it does jump forward, that Tom Holland was supposed to be the son. And I think their demeanor is very similar. Like Tom Holland's demeanor when, when he's in his, you know, I think he's supposed to be like a teenager, maybe like 17, 18 in this. Mm -hmm. And um, I think his demeanor, like the way he carries himself is very much like how Bill Skarsgård's character is. Like he's very like more like quiet, subdued. Like you can, you can tell like he he carries himself like a gentleman, like he's doing the right thing. He's kind of altruistic, but he also has this darkness in him. Like he has this ability to kind of tap into this like unfiltered rage, and like there is there is just like a this veil of mystery, and I think there's a lot going on behind his eyes, mm-hmm. which is which is always awesome. Like I think to do that, to be able to portray that, and all of these actors are able to do that it's you really become a character you're not acting you're just being that person mm-hmm. and uh no I, th- I think it's great dude i really want to i really can't wait to talk about spoilers for this honestly <laughs> because like a lot of like the, my biggest notes will end up spoiling things yeah but uh there's so many times where i'm literally just writing in my notes just fuck yeah and then fill in the blank on this actor's name, that actor's name. <laughs> Actually, one time I write, fuck yes, Spider-Man. <laughs> but I know what I meant. Yeah. Like, I'm going through my notes, and half of my notes start with, whoa, and then my note. And there's one note where it just says, this shit is nuts. <laughs> like, uh, there's another one. I said, this movie has a whole lot of what the fuck. I'm like... I'm all over the place here, but that's pretty much all I have for non-spoilers. All right. I've, I've got a few non-spoilers and then we'll get into those. Cause there's stuff that I, I want to talk about. Also, if you're someone who loves to like pay attention to cinematography, love the way this movie shot, like shot, oh. you know, really beautifully. Um, there's some really yeah. good stuff where it's longer takes, uh, like tracking through houses. There's one scene. I'm pretty sure it's in the church where like you get kind of a, you're in the church and it's looking through the windows, but the focus is something that's outside of the church and it's like going around and I thought that was super creative. I love that. Another reason why 
I don't know if this is super accessible to people. And for me, it's a pro. At least for me, I felt a lot of emotional attachment to it, to certain characters. Yeah. Tom Holland's character, like you obviously feel for a lot. Uh, Bill Skarsgård's character in the beginning of the movie, like you really like him at first and, uh, you know, stuff with his wife and stuff like that, like kills you. Lenore, which is uh, Tom Holland's sister in the movie. Her story is really tra- tragic. You like her. You <laughs> Almost one of the most like uh, upsetting moments in the movie isn't even like a like a person dying. It's like, is it the aunt or the grandma? I can't remember. But she basically is like embarrassed in church. I felt so bad for her. But what I'm getting at is there are a lot of characters and they do a great job of making you feel for them. And that's something that like in a few movies that we've talked about recently, I didn't feel like an emotional pull to any characters. This movie, you feel emotional pull to a lot of them. At least I did. And yeah, I actually cared about the characters. And then the reason why I say that people might get upset about this is it's almost that like game of Thrones type thing where you get attached to a character and then they take that character away from you. (laughs) Like over and over again. And like like almost immediately. Yeah. And, uh, it reminded me so much. I remember my, my brother is a huge game of Thrones fan and he would watch all the episodes like the day they released or the night they released. I remember there was one night I walked downstairs and he was watching and I was like, Hey, how's it going? And he, Again, he's a huge fan. He was just like, this show fucking sucks. And I was like, why? And then he was like, he's like, all the characters who are fucking shitty live and the people you love die. And he was like really pissed off about some character who must have died that episode. And I was like, oh shit. But uh, (laughs) I think when it's a show like that and you have more time to kind of like, uh, like internalize it and then like there's more development and stuff like that, it might be more you might be more easy to accept it because you know there's more to it. But when it's just a two hour movie and like you get super attached within like, you know, 15 minutes to a character because they do a great job and they take him away from you and you're like, what the fuck? I think that's why people might get upset also by this is it's, it's almost like the movie itself makes you, makes you feel sad for long stretches of it because of what they're doing the characters. Absolutely. So, so one of the notes where I wrote this movie has a whole lot of what the fuck it's it, it does relate to that. It's just like they are tap dancing on your nerves through the entirety because even when shit is not popping off, because the stakes are set so early in the movie and they do such a good job establishing that tone that like, you know, characters you love will be hit with hard tragedy. Like nobody is safe in this movie. You do not know what's going to happen next. Uh, and then just repeatedly they beat you over the head with like some of these worst case scenarios and it jacked up my like heart rate like so much like i i think i texted you or, or i told you when we talked last night on the phone i was like i finished this movie like 20 minutes ago and my heart rate still hasn't slowed down like it just if if you are like an anxious or like already like kind of a jacked up person like that like this movie will fuck you up and i'm not really like that like i know people who can't watch uncut gems because it makes them anxious cuz the way that the sound is designed in that movie and just the um the happenings of that movie but this movie like really put my nerves through like a fucking roller coaster and i was just like i was like heart palpitating on the fucking couch i was like holy shit like it's getting the it's getting the blood flowing like it's it is intense and i i love it mm-hmm. i really liked it too because i uh brianna was was working on something the night that i watched this and um I was like, I'll, I'll turn the movie on. Like, 
I'll watch a little bit of it. I'll watch it like the next day. And then I started watching it. I got, I got hooked, but I was like, I was, you know, I was a little hyped up from it. I was just like, man, like I need, like, this is crazy. I need to see what's going on. So I came upstairs and she asked how it was. And I was like, it's, it's really good. Like I'm really liking it right now. I was like, but it is, it is messed up. And I was like, I don't really know what's going to happen right now. (laughs) I was like, I I have to go finish this. So um, yeah, you gotta like shake it off. Like I literally paced around my apartment, just like shaking my hands, just trying to like get the jitters out. Like I was all jittery. It, it felt like I drank like three cups of coffee. And you know when like you really feel your heart rate exaggerated and everything, and like you're just kind of, you just need to move. That's exactly how this movie made me feel. And yeah. I want to say something here. It's not a spoiler. I guess it, it almost is because I'm saying something that it doesn't do. But I wanted to give this movie props and highlight it because something I talk about on this show is how much I fucking hate uh, R scenes in movies. Yeah. And I think the reason why my nerves were on such edge is because there's a number of times where this movie looks and feels like that would happen. Like this is that type of movie where a lesser director or a lesser writer would have inserted a graphic R scene that I would have hated. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of times where I felt like it was almost going to happen because not because they were hinting at it, but just because they've already set up such horrible circumstances for so many characters that it's like, this is a potentially next step for this character or that character. And it made me really nervous because I was like, please don't do that because it'll make me hate this movie. Mm-hmm. And it would like effectively drop the grade down like two two scores. But the fact that this movie is able to uh, maintain its edge and its raw visceral imagery without crossing that line into a graphic uh, R scene. And even even some of the the more violent scenes in the movie, some of like the deaths and the more brutal things are not overtly graphic in the sense of they're not just giving you gratuitous shots of bloodied up bodies and guts and organs and things like that. I think this movie is like we said, it's very raw, but I think it portrays violence in a very real way. And I think that it does a very good job of, putting that mess that image across without being grotesque mm-hmm. and the fact that they were decent enough to not because even I don't know if it's in the book or anything either cuz like whatever but it's just oh, over and over again it felt like one of these movies like a um like a last house on the left or something like that like it's like this would be the type of movie to put in a scene like that that I hate yeah. And the fact that it never happened and I it just solidified my point that like if you're looking to make a character edgy or like add this depth and this darkness and this hardship and trauma to characters, you don't need to show a a woman being sexually assaulted on camera. Like you don't need that in your film mm-hmm. to have that same effect. And I think this movie perfectly highlights what I'm talking about all the time because you feel for all of these characters. You you can see the pain. You can see how uh, distraught and how horrible these lives are. And you, like like we said, you feel for these people, like the people who are decent people, you really want the best for them. 
And when things happen that are tragic, at no point are you just like, you know, disgusted by the imagery, but it is a challenging movie still without being actually just nasty. Yeah. Cause I watched it before you and there, like I was really enjoying it. And then, like you said, there are a few moments where it seems like it might go in that direction. And I got really worried for you because I was sitting there like, if they do this, this is going to suck yeah. because I really like the movie right now. And then I'm going to have to defend this movie while Sky shits all over it. <laughs> yeah. I think I know exactly what scene you're talking about because I almost texted you and asked you. I'm like, I was going to pause it and text you and be like, dude, does this movie have an R scene in it? Because I'm not, I'm not about it. Like, cause I was also really enjoying it up until that point, And I would have been, super upset if they went that direction yeah do you want to start getting into into some spoiler stuff oh yes all right cool yeah i got a lot of spoiler stuff i almost want to start just like working through because what's crazy about this movie is there are things that can be spoiled that happen in the first 15 minutes of the fucking movie Mm -hmm. yeah like this movie there are spoilers like every five to ten minutes like of stuff that you wouldn't want to ruin the surprise on so very seriously anybody if if after all of our discussion on the themes of the movie and the graphic nature of the movie, you're still interested in watching it, watch it before you listen to this because there, I think almost everything in this movie would lose its a little bit of its value if you had to listen to somebody else explain it first. Like, I, uh, I actually really want to rewatch this movie. I want to watch this with another person just so I can kind of like see it through through a, a new person's eyes, you know? Yeah, definitely. I don't see this movie having less weight for me because of how raw and visceral those scenes are. But right out the gate, like in the in the beginning, setting up the tone for for the whole movie and our characters, the Bill Skarsgård stuff in the beginning, when, uh, so again, this is a huge spoiler, but his wife comes is diagnosed with cancer and after a scene where he just like wails on this dude and it's like it's fucking hardcore he's such a badass it's so good he falls off the deep end hard and he i wrote uh it's like whoa bill snapped huh and then literally two minutes later i had to write oh fuck he really snapped yeah (laughs) when he when he like basically his demise like he uh he full blown went went crazy, like full fucking crazy. Like at first, I was just like, because when he was making him and his son like pray at his prayer log mm-hmm. in the woods, so that so that he can get, he's like praying that God kill the cancer in his wife's body. Yeah, and you can see he's getting like mad at the son, and he's like slapping him in the back of the head. He's like, "You pray and you stop crying." And like, yeah, it's like, oh man, he's he's breaking. I, that's when I was first like, oh, he snapped. And then again, huge spoilers. Then he kills the dog as a sacrifice to God so that God would be like, yeah, I'll take the dog instead of your wife. Mm-hmm. Like he kills Tom Holland's, well, you know, he's not Tom Holland then, but he kills his little boy's dog and then makes his son come out with him. And I was like, oh, oh, this movie is going, this is the first act and that's where we're at. I was like, this movie is going to be insane. Yeah. 
they did a great job with his character and, and his performance is is awesome. I you know, I I raved last year about how much I liked him in villains, but I think this might be my favorite performance of Bill Skarsgård. And so much of I think the movie, like you getting invested, hinges on on his performance in the first like 20 minutes. Even in those 20 minutes, they give you a great arc with him. And because it starts up kind of with that flashback. He's he's in the war. They say that he he has faith then, but he sees this fucked up stuff in the war and loses his faith. And then he when he comes back from the war, he meets this girl and they, you know, they end up having a family. But like you start up and you're like, oh, like I feel bad for this guy. And then you end up feeling so happy for him. Like he's got he says like the love of his life. He's got a kid like this dog. And um, even though he like fucks up those guys, it was a really like it it was an oddly sweet moment between the dad and the son. Like it was kind of just like, I don't, I don't know why, but it's like something heinous happens where he just beats the shit out of those guys. But then he's just like, what kind of candy bar do you want? You're like, Oh, it's really nice. And then right after that shit just goes downhill and he falls deeper into like madness basically. Then not, not good stuff happens, but uh, I loved in the first 20 minutes of the movie, just his arc I thought was great. I, you felt so much emotion just from that one character. And I was was all about it. It set the tone for the whole movie, like we've said before. Yeah, that could have been a short film in itself, and it would have been like Bravo winning every award. <laughs> yeah, for me, I think Sebastian Stan's character is a little underutilized. I don't even know if yeah. It's, okay, I was gonna say I don't even know if underutilized is the right word, but kind of unnecessary. Yeah, it. Something crossed my mind, though, that I think if they had done this one thing, it would have made the movie just even better. Like, and it was it was very um, it was very small. Like, I feel like. I don't think this movie's trying to appease anybody, but there's one small line where uh, spoiler uh, Riley Keough's character and Sebastian Stan's character, they are related. They're brother and sister. And Riley Keough is basically like in a sense, a prostitute and Sebastian Stan is a cop and he's like running um, for a position. So he's kind of like a dirty cop, letting people get away with certain things. Cause he doesn't want his image affected. Um, but there's a moment where he goes to her house or like the motel or wherever that they're staying at. And like, he comes in and then she's like, what do you want? Big brother or something like that. Or he says like, what do you want? Sister? Some, something like that. They, they reference, by just like saying kind of unnaturally that they're related. How much better would it have been if they didn't tell you that? And that looked like it was kind of an investigation where he like had a warrant to search the house. And then later on in the movie, when she shows up dead and he comes and he's basically just like the other cops, like, dude, it's your sister. And that's when you find out that they're related. And then he snaps. And that's why he goes after Tom Holland. Like that would have been so much better. And that would have made the climax. That would have been really cool. Yeah. Cause Yeah, that would have been really cool, actually. Holy shit. That's so much better. Smallest little detail to change, too. Even without that, I feel like Sebastian Stan's character is kind of there just to tie a couple more people together. Because that's like the big theme of this movie, too, is that is all of these lives, how they entangle themselves. Mm -hmm. Because Sebastian Stan was the cop who came to the scene when Tom Holland as a boy, like his when Bill Skarsgård, Again, all of this huge spoilers kills himself in the woods. 
And then, so Sebastian Stan has that connection to the young version of Tom Holland. So, like, then that comes back around. And then, obviously, Sebastian Stan to to his sister, the prostitute. And she's running around with Jason Clark. And then Jason Clark and her pick up Tom Holland later. And then, like, so it just felt like an extra tie-in. Like, maybe, like, a way to tie Tom Holland to Jason Clark and and her. Like, but it, it didn't seem totally totally necessary mm-hmm. and again i guess it's you know it's based on a book so i'm sure his character was in the book and probably had a little bit more prominence but you know you get it you do what you can when you're adapting uh i i felt like him and the the holy ghost guy i don't know the actor's name but with the weird looking creep face oh the one who plays uh dudley from harry potter yeah i hated looking at him his face <laughs> i hate his face like he's like, got such a little creep face <laughs> Or at least I felt like when his character is introduced, he was going to be more of a of a presence in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like he shows up for like a like a blip, and uh, it just felt like his actions didn't really have too much consequence on the movie. It was more so a way for them to set up where his daughter was going to end up. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Like it's his scenes are very cool. I think he does a good job. But he's another character who I feel like was just used to fuel a fire and just kind of move something along to the next thing without actually having any real like weight, you know? Yeah. The way that they set him up is he's he's obviously like he's either a reverend or a priest or whatever. You're talking about Vernon or Dudley Dursley, right? Harry Melling's character. Yeah. 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 He's he's the one in the scene that it seems like everyone's talking about. Everyone's talking about that spider scene like he's that guy. And it's like, oh yeah, he's very devoted to his faith, but uh, they don't they don't ever plant a seed of evil in him or anything like that. And then the next scene comes around, and he's stabbing his wife in the throat with a screwdriver. <laughs> it's just kind of like, oh okay. And then like yeah. literally the next scene after that, he gets shot in the head. So it's like he's kind of a throwaway character in a way. And yeah, I get why they used him, and it's it's because you got to get Tom Holland and. Uh, Eliza Scanlon's character like together because they're brother and sister and they live together. But, uh, you know, it, it sets up them and then it sets up Jason Clark and Riley Keough's characters and all that. But they make a kind of a bigger deal about him in the beginning and he turns out to be nothing. So he was kind of underutilized. And going back to just Sebastian Stan, that, that cop character, I kept forgetting that he was in the movie and he kept popping up. And then he's kind of like the climax of the movie, which is kind of strange. Again, like I think you could have had the movie exactly the way it was and just changed a couple bits of dialogue and it would have made the the climax a little bit more impactful and made things come around full circle a little bit better. That's also like things with that character are also very convenient. Like he just shows up mm-hmm. at certain places and gets what he wants and then leaves. And like in a time where, you know, there aren't cameras everywhere or whatever, they're basically just like, hey, Tom Holland killed your sister. This is where he's going. Okay. Go, <laughs> I'll, I'll meet him in the woods. <laughs> yeah. So I think they could have done that a little bit better. But overall, like I've seen other movies where they try to have these like intertwining storylines and then they meet up. And I think this is done actually uh, for the most part with way more success than, than failure. Yeah. And that, and that, and some of that is kind of, it's not necessarily nitpicking. Like I think they're valid, valid points to be made about like the way those characters are utilized, but it's hard to say. Like, I don't think it took away too much for me. It would have been cool to see, because I like Sebastian Stan, and I had the same thing going on. I kept forgetting that he was in the movie. 
Also, he looked kind of weird. Like, he looked like he got stung by a bee on both cheeks. <laughs> he put on weight for this role, for sure. Which seems weird. Seems like a weird thing to do. Uh, it was cool seeing a Spider-Man and Winter Soldier rematch from Civil War. That was kind of neat. <laughs> Definitely a lot different, but still cool. But I want to talk about Tom Holland a little bit and uh, the way that his this role is such a, like, a divergence compared to the rest of his career so far. Mm-hmm. Because he he's constantly standing up for his his stepsister. The scene when he goes off on the bullies. Also, I'll say the bullies in this movie, pretty good. Like the, not the the acting was anything spectacular, but the fact that they were more like subdued, toned down bullies. Like they weren't just like I'm gonna murder you or like put a knife to your throat or anything like that or run r- try to run you over. Bullies. They were they seemed more real. You know, yeah, because that's something we've complained about in a lot of movies. It's just like, why are all bullies like attempted murderers? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're like, what was the other movie that we were talking about where the bullies were just like way over the top? Scary Stories was one. Oh, yeah. The first it. it. Yeah, first it for sure. It's like nobody has a bully like that. <laughs> like who's lit- carving with a knife in your chest. Like that. I don't think that happened to anybody. Yeah. But. These bullies were more toned down, but when he 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 catches up to the bullies and like kind of picks them off one by one, because like they were they were fucking with his stepsister and they like put a brown paper bag over her head and stuff like that. Yeah. So then he he goes and finds them and just fucking wails on them. Shades of his father when he went and defended the honor of his mother. Mm-hmm. He, oh, dude, it was so fucking cool. Like he puts the paper bag over their head and just starts pounding on him and then it cuts to like the paper bag and it's like bleeding through and it's all ring- I was like this is awesome he is a bad like he was 100% believable like mm-hmm. to go from like this teenage kid playing like these more like lighthearted roles and then seeing him do something like this like there was never a time where I looked at him like he was actually I jokingly wrote down Spider-Man a few times in my notes but I never looked at him like, oh, that's Peter Parker. Like he, I think he did a really awesome job transforming into this more like gritty character. Yeah, and I think his, I think his scenes were just really awesome. Yeah, for sure. I love that scene, especially just the way it starts up. Where he, I mean, there's the thing in the bus, but the I love when he walks in and he sl- slams the hood of the car down on the guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, but when he bags their heads and just starts fucking wailing on their face. Yeah. And just, like I said, like that that blood soaking through the bag, and you could just, oh, dude, it's so brutal. <laughs> yeah, man. Do you have anything else that you want you want to get on this? No, you know, I really just want to talk tomato tomatoes. Ooh, okay, okay. Tomato tomato, tomato. The critics they're bringing this in at a sixty five percent. What? Yeah, they they got it at a D. I'm very surprised by it. What the fuck? Tomato, the audience, they've got this at an 86%. So that's a D to a B. D to a B. That's shocking. I would almost suspect that to be reversed. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I think the religious undertones might be upsetting people. And I think that the violence might be upsetting. Like, because there's a few movies like Joker had around the same score. And a lot of people were kind of just like, this movie's like too dangerous, stuff like that. Like, I, I don't know if that's really what people are saying about this or anything, but I can see if they're like, if, if a critic is, you know, very religious or if they're, you know, um, you know, Christian, they're probably going to dislike this. 
So maybe that's why. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But I was shocked that it was at a 65. Yeah, that's whack and it's wrong. I'm going to motto. And I enjoyed this movie thoroughly. I gave it an A. Nice, nice. I am also going to motto. I enjoyed this thoroughly as well. I really like this. Uh, I went A minus. Okay, very cool. I really want to watch this again. I liked this a lot. This right now, with no spoilers to the other movies in it, in my list. I mean, granted, I've only seen like 32, 33 movies now this year. Mm -hmm. This movie is in my top three for the year. Uh, might be for me too, man. I I really liked it. It was a big surprise for me. Like, I was all about the cast, but then I was watching it, and you know, I was like, oh, like you know, they're all killing it with the acting. But I feel like the it's so much more than than just a grid cast. Like, they could have had no name actors come in, and as long as they did a good job, I think it would have had kind of the the same effect. I I don't know. I really like the the people involved, but I think there's so much more to the movie than just having a bunch of A-listers, if that makes sense. Like there's, there's actually a lot of substance to this movie and, uh, and oh, I, yeah. I liked it a lot, man. And the Robert Pattinson train just keeps on fucking rolling. Yeah, just man. Add another reason why he would be a great Batman. Cause not, not to say that this role is anything like a Bruce Wayne or Batman type, but just, it's just showing he's a great actor. Like he's a legitimate actor i fucking love him i think last year we we jo'd really hard to like keanu and it was like the year of keanu 2020 is robert pattinson's year 100 percent. yeah man between the two movies that we've reviewed that he's been in and then also like just the batman trailer and shutting everyone up like yeah he's having a killer year yeah this was fucking great i really liked really liked watching it really liked talking to you about it buddy i like talking to you about it too we were uh we were gonna record this last night and then um, it was getting late, so and we were we knew we wanted to talk about it and like be very enthusiastic about it. And it was getting late, so we were just like, let's let's do it today, or you know, like the next day while we're not falling asleep. And I'm glad we we got to talk about it because we made the right call last night. But I was I was bummed because I really wanted to talk about it with you. Oh, I know, me too. I almost wanted to record this episode before Mulan, but I don't like doing that anymore where we record them in the same day, but then release them in the opposite order that we recorded them. Cause then we end up referencing stuff that we talked about in the first episode we recorded, even <laughs> though it technically would be coming out after. Yeah. And it just gets all crazy, the continuity. So no, I think we made the right decision and I hope the swampies feel like they made the right decision in checking out on our opinion. Cause I think that's kind of the, let this be a lesson about what this show is about. Mm-hmm. Can can we watch an, a more artful film and, you know, take away some of the same things that maybe your more highbrow critics do? Absolutely. But the critics aren't always right. And we are not just here to jerk off critics and make believe we're not amongst the people ourselves. Because, you know, we're, we're, we're just a couple of dudes anyways. And I think this movie's a good example of that. Critics are fucking idiots. I think, uh, <laughs> I think they're letting their own bias weigh in too heavily into this movie. Because I think overall, this movie, even if you ignore the themes, you can't ignore how, how strong the acting is, how strong the, uh, the, the camera work is, how, how good they are at maintaining a tone and a feel and keeping it through the whole movie. Like, this movie knows exactly what it's doing, what it is. So, you know, let this be a lesson to you stupid-ass swampies. Like, we're not just a bunch of herbs <laughs> sniffing our own farts. <laughs> 
I think it's funny just because then there's other days where it's reversed and where it's like, don't ever read the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience. Every audience member is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> We're all over the place. You can't pin us down, baby. Yeah, flip flops. You yeah. can't pin us down. <laughs> We're our own people. That's what it is. Well, if you, if you check out this movie or any of the movies and you just want to talk to us, you can do so at Two Dudes Movie Reviews. And now we've opened up our private profiles to the public. So not so private. You can find me at Sky Two Dudes. You can find me at Colin Two Dudes. Look at that. Cohesion. Nice, nice and simple. It's lit- It's our name, Two Dudes, because the show is Two Dudes Movie Reviews. If you haven't figured it out by now. <laughs> so, so, We're like a <gasps> hundred and something episodes in. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I thought I was listening to WTF with Mark Marin this whole time. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah. Yeah. And as always, leave us a five-star review. Just do it. Oh, yeah. Good point. Just do it, man. Uh, five-star five star written review will get you entered to win free swag. We just threw up the quantum fucker finally mm-hmm. up in the shop. So go to todosmoviereviews.com and check out all of that stuff. And, yeah. Five-star written review gets you entered. If you've already written one, you're already entered. Unless you've already won, in which case, go fuck yourself. We don't need you anymore. Your work here is done. <laughs> Just kidding, though. Please keep listening. We love you guys. Please keep so listening. Do please all that stuff. Yeah. Please buy our merch. <laughs> please share <Yes>. us. <laughs> Send, yeah, share, subscribe, smash that like button. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, until, until then... Eh. Suck it. Swampies. <laughs>